0: Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, top Cosmos host, and today is February 5th, 2021, and we have a stellium that is seven planetary bodies are in the sign of Aquarius, the 11th sign, the sign of the water bearer, which actually is a spirit, and what are those planets? The moon, The well the moon isn't always, because it does go 13 degrees a day, so every Two and a half days, it goes through those 30 degrees. However, it is significantly in Aquarius this month. So starting with the moon, it will be the moon, the sun, Mercury, closest to the sun, Venus, Jupiter, Saturn, and Pallas Athena, way out there. She's a strategist. So let's find out how this works as we rewire in the air world of Aquarius. We're ready now for Planet Buzz.
1: Focusing on planetary ecliptic orbital cycles and planetary pairs called synodic cycles connecting the planets at the same degree that begin our relationship, these are the members of Planet Buzz.
0: I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly. Stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing
2: oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I'm Leslie Francis, author of the 2019 and 2020 Llewellyn Sunsign books, A Practicing Professional Astrologer Intuitive, a Lecturer and host of my own podcast, Coloring Outside the Box. My lifelong search to understand what it is to be human led me to develop my own approach to astrology called Purpose Centered Astrology. I passionately seek to support people in their greatest act of creativity, living life, through consultations and webinars. Creator of Star Cards, I love talking and making people laugh.
3: I'm Tara All, an astrologer, writer, and artist who loves spirituality and metaphysics. I practice and teach evolutionary astrology, and I work with the Tarot, crystals, hermeticism and animal medicine. My approach is creative and experiential, and I created a YouTube video series called We Are the Planets through EA Zoom meetings. I also speak at conferences. Currently, I'm the resident astrologer and lead writer for Sage Goddess, and I serve on
4: the ESAR board as marketing director. And I'm Dr. Laura Tad. I have a PhD in human science and work as a spiritually oriented psychological astrologer with people around the world. I teach and lecture on astrology both in person and remotely. I have a blog I have written for the Mountain Astrologer, Celestial Vibes, and Tarot.com. Additionally, I am the Educational Coordinator for Live Life Resources, an educational nonprofit specializing in resiliency training, education, and research.
0: And as the ancient hermetic code reveals,
4: as below, so above. As
0: above,
2: so below.
0: (laughs) Yes, Hermes to the rescue always. With (laughs) energy going round and round, isn't it true? Well, we usually start off with, and it's always a surprise to me however I say this, because suddenly I remember we're to make, some kind of a comment about something that um, is, is connecting to us about all of what we're talking about. So because I started off, I guess I need to come up with a decision. And I will say, what is the truth? What is the truth about authenticity? That is going to be the, the message of listening inward without projecting outward. Tara, what would you say?
3: I know it's like what
0: (laughs) we can go go to Leslie that's
3: okay I think that I mean I mentioned this probably our last time we were together on Planet Buzz but I still feel like we're in a phase of renegotiating relationships and not just with each other relationships with ourselves and just our relationship that we have with life so renegotiation of relationships
0: thank you and Laura, Dr. Tad, what would you say?
4: Um, sort of pulling upon what you both just said is the piece around authenticity, but and that being part of our relationship with ourselves, are we being our authentic self or not? And how also with Aquarius, you know, there's often a lot of talk around Aquarius being linked with trauma. So the trauma or fear of persecution or fear of ostracism if we are our authentic selves and that being part of what's coming up for a lot of us right now is this pull to be authentic. And yet this pulling back and fear of the repercussions if we are.
0: Yeah. Which reminds me of conditioning. Yes. And Leslie,
4: Leslie Francis.
2: Well, so my take on it, which builds on the things that have already been said, which is, you know, be prepared for those unexpected you know so moments of clarity that illuminate how and when you are being authentic and when you're not being authentic and when the fear that Dr. Laura was talking about kicks in and how often we allow fear to get in the way of us actually being what's
0: really at our core gee i think we do have this uh, pretty well surmised as far as just the base isn't it the truth mm-hmm. um, you know in February 1st Venus started as the first planet uh, because Mar- uh, Mercury although it's closer as we know to the Sun had already started its transit so it's later in the degrees of Aquarius but um, Venus of which is who is also who I, I should say, but uh, Venus is a dispositor of Uranus that rules the co one of the co rulers. And we'll just announce now that we are recognizing for those traditional astrologers that yes, uh, Saturn is a ruler, but we're identifying as evolutionary astrologers that Uranus is got a say in all of this and it is ruled by venus right so, now
3: right now my yeah. venus because yeah. oh,
0: thank you thank you thank you yeah <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah, it's in that seven-year transit yes in taurus thank you tara yeah.
2: okay yeah so, well, i think you're going to see a lot of sudden breakthroughs both in relationships and possibly breakdowns mm-hmm. uh,
3: because how, about, we, how about breakthroughs, Leslie? Breakthroughs. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: you but know, a breakthrough that doesn't mean you can't build it back up again. Right. It
0: just, yeah. <laughs>
2: um, yeah,
0: and and actually it goes along with that trauma because, if, as we were saying, if we don't recognize some of the signs, it can be apparent that it's sudden, whereas actually perhaps it wasn't. So that's a notable. And it really gets down to our values. Um there's some, some mm-hmm. and I will say a thought as I try to spur this is that I noticed that uh, Pluto in Capricorn, which is changing those conditions, you know, of of the um, structures of institutions and everything that we've been living with, that's still in late degrees, 27, 28 degrees of um, Pluto, I think. But it isn't always aspected. I noticed even in the new moon that it's, well, it has a sextile to uh, Neptune. I think. But anyway, it's it's pretty independently yeah. always doing, yes. It's,
3: well, it's so funny because it's like, it's actually really close. It's 25 degrees Capricorn. It's actually really close to the Aquarian stellium. Like, I mean, it's... 10, 10 degrees, but I mean, why? or, But it's like it's like close enough to kind of like poke at it, but you know, still a little bit of distance. It makes yeah. me feel like it may have more impact than we are giving, you know, than than we are actually thinking about.
2: Yeah, I believe so. I it's really an undercurrent. Yep. Yeah. Of well, it's kind yeah. of in the background. It's like behind, you know, like if you're thinking about behind, it's, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. it's in the background, you know, stirring. Uh-huh. I was gonna say shit up.
4: Yeah. <laughs> well, well, and in the in Capricorn, it's almost like the the father looking over, almost or like or like you know monitoring the energy that that Aquarian stellium yeah. can stir up of like don't get too crazy. I'm watching you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Indeed. Um,
0: And And, people oh go ahead. Oh no, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just thinking that and people are welcoming that that sense of familiarity because you know that's the struggle too is how are we putting together pieces of this puzzle that where the puzzle picture has actually changed, those pieces aren't fitting into it. But Mm -hmm. we're welcoming the father that looks like maybe that authority role that is we're familiar with.
3: Leslie, when you were talking about like you said something about how 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 do we know we're being authentic or how do we know we're in authenticity and I'm, I I I want to I would I would love to hear from all of you what your sort of how you feel like you know that you are cuz this came up for me personally today in a whole different context right and then I had a conversation with someone literally about shared frequencies and it's interesting because it came up about clap collaborations like we're doing right now and sort of like do you feel like your personal frequency is authentic with that group frequency, which has got me thinking about a bunch of different things in my life. So I was just curious as far as to you guys, like what, how is it, I mean, that, you know, like, what is it? Is it a feeling in your gut? Can you feel yourself aligned with something? You know what? And maybe cause for the listeners too, like, how do you know when you're in the authenticity zone?
2: No, that's a really good question. <laughs> Uh, I, you're the Aquarius,
3: I figure you should
2: have the. <laughs> I spent my whole life trying to release myself from the South Node in Libra. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I actually think there is a certain element of joy to it. Like mm-hmm. there's a sense of of mm-hmm. i you know, I feel really happy in my space. I'm not in anybody else's space. I'm in my space. It's like stripping everything away. And so, because a lots of people, uh, just you know, you get so involved in the outer experiences of your life that you you forget how to sit with yourself. And so, you know, for a lot of the, it might you know, for like in in, oh good lord, in reference to what I said earlier, I think it has to do with you finding. You may find yourself saying things that you've Mm -hmm. always wanted to say. And you never said, and then all of a sudden it just falls out of your mouth. That's good.
4: Yeah.
0: Laura, do you have an idea?
4: Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, it's been, there's layers to go through with this, but um, I think I agree with the joy. I think that there's this, it's, there's a flow. It's like it, there's an effortlessness to it and it's, this it's like true knowing that deep knowledge that can also really be Aquarian. Right. And, um, it's sort of the opposite of what they talk about in sociology sometimes of this theory that our sense of self is derived from what's called the looking glass self, Mm
3: -hmm.
4: which is, I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I'm who I think you think I am. And that becomes our identity. That was a
0: bad marriage for me. My first one didn't work.
2: <laughs> Thank you. I had one of those two. I, I realized that later. Thought, hands up. Hands up. Yeah. yeah. And,
4: and if that, we can divorce ourselves from that, literally, <laughs> you know, then we're in that authenticity because we're not living into other people's, our perception of other people's projections. God. That's
0: excellent. And, I want to add something else. And I'm thinking it's sort of kinetic. When I really feel like things are happening, there's a certain trust, which is so scary. And I'm beginning to think, if we're talking Aquarian, there is that fixed uh, grand cross, right, with Scorpio and Taurus Mm -hmm. along with Leo. And so it's because I'll get support from it's like a fall in pattern, things fall into pattern, maybe people oh. connect yeah. or, you yeah. know, and, and it, it evolves. And there's, and so I really welcome this other ideas of the joy because sometimes it's, there's other feelings involved that, <laughs> <laughs> that work with that. But it's um, really a good reasoned authenticity. And, and also there's this other side where there's accountability which is maybe the Saturnian side, that sometimes, um, you know, the consequences of life happen that, uh, you know, instead of projecting blame, which uh, one realizes finally in life is a dead end street because they don't care. You know, it's what it's, it's what is self going to do about life. And so it's that sombering, of, of realizing wh- how one really authentically felt, what one authentically did. This isn't in the wake up, uh, grow up phase of, of dealing with shadows that um, there's, but there's a calm. There's like a, mm-hmm. there's a truth because it leads a direction. There's a way to manage. You know that you're have, um, you can work with it you know, that you have. Ideas. It's
4: almost like being in the zone that they talk about yeah. in sports.
3: Yeah.
4: And I think that's what I meant by being
3: in the frequency, you know, it's like you, you just, and so I, and it's an easy way to think about this for anybody listening is whatever house Uranus is in for you. This is where this type of authentic experience in particular, like, you know, you're, you're, you're wanting and trying to have, we just spoke about marriages Well, mine's in the seventh house. So we can definitely <laughs> see how that happened there. Um, yeah, but I was thinking Sue as you were talking, even even if it's crazy, you know, even if it's upsetting or whatever, there's there's a sense that it's like real and true to you. And that and I think for me, even even if there was chaos around, there's a calm that you know you're being true to you. So and 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 joy comes with that too, even when circumstances are crazy, you know, it's like Yeah.
0: And because I think also because it does relate back to the grand square, you know, Taurus is self-reliance. You know that they have that. And if it involve your Scorpio with your exchange of resources that maybe didn't empower you or could empower you either way. And then, of course, with Leo, it makes you feel like,
3: hey, I'm okay. I can shine, baby. You know, self-expression. Yeah. Like you can let it go. You can let it out. Yeah, exact.
0: And
2: the, yeah, there was
0: another thought, but
2: that's okay. Well, and again, I think that you know people can expect. Uh, I I don't know. The, the energy feels pretty swirly lately, and yeah. and, and I have a stellium in mean, Aquarius, so I, I maybe it's amplified for me. I don't know. Uh, but it, it's it's like all this possibility, and and trying to draw down. Uh, you know we realize that we're in a in a liminal transitional phase where we're moving away from from a structure that that worked until it didn't work which is essentially how life goes yeah. and here we are in this space trying to figure out what's going to happen next and when you know with with this i think again it's back to drawing on what's within because trying to figure out what you should do based on what's out there. Uh, and, and Aquarius is often about finding that part of yourself. I hate to use the word unique. Mm-hmm. Well, it is uh, one's own authenticity.
0: So yeah, I like it, that better. It does. It, and it, 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 it does relate. And you know, this all reminds me too of the factor that all of the signs is a social sign. So it does involve other people, whatever house, because I was thinking mine's right at my midheaven, yeah. and like, Terry, Terry, you were saying yours in the seventh, and that makes it the joy and the complexity of it because we're networking with others, and so you know it's that natural sense of also trying, you know, trying to work in accommodation with a a relationship, the other, you know. So in other words, it's not. It's it's a good question. Well, going to. The thought of the positive, too, because I'm thinking Mercury is retrograde right now during this time, and it goes back to 11 degrees on February 20th. So that's almost when the sun exits, uh, or it might be when the sun exits Aquarius, goes into Pisces.
3: Yeah, goes to Pisces on the 18th.
0: Oh, okay. Then very good. Thank you. So, in other words, uh, you know, Aquarius is intuitive. It brainstorms. There is this gateway we were talking about because of the trine. Uh, Essentially, this is pretty potent to have seven planets. I don't know, as stelliums, if this really ranks right up there with one of the largest numbers, and particularly with the great conjunction, the grand mutation going into this, it's really like a, 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 like if I was leaving a port, it looks like the wake, you know, it opens, yeah, going out to sea.
2: Well, you know, the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction happened when the Sun was at zero Capricorn. So that's definitely an initiation point, but this is the first, so now we're in that space of real, it's like jumping into the deep end of the pool you know, before the, the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction said, okay, here's, here's, the, here's the water, here's the water, I put your toes in, kind of get used to it, and now, you know, we, you can be fully immersed in, in what that energy represents. And when I say that, that, that I, I want to caution people and say you don't need to figure it all out in the first 10 seconds that <laughs> that, that you feel that energy rush into your body.
0: I know what I want to, yes, to tie this in, Laura, we talked earlier, we were talking about, okay, going along with this uniqueness, uh, authenticity of Aquarius, its self-identification, and that also it had to do with um, reframing, reframing with the words, which has to do, but it was also about the elephant. Remember, you were talking about oh, the yeah.
4: illusion. Yeah. Um,
0: I yes, love
4: so... I had been watching this uh, documentary that's on Netflix and part of what the show postulated was, you know, the, the fable of the five blind men, seven blind men, who are all touching different parts of the elephant. So they all think it's something other than what it is. Cause they're touching different, you know, one's on the legs, one is on the trunk and one's on the tail and one touches the ears and they don't know until they talk. Are they able to discover, oh, well, it's an elephant? Well, in the show, they hypothesized, well, but what if they were all right? What if they were correct? And it's actually a tree and a snake and a bird. And that this creature that then they labeled an elephant was actually a magical creature. And again, it sort of gets into this looking glass self of the our identity being tied to what other people have named us to be rather than who we really are. And I do think part of, and maybe because my Uranus is in the 11th, (laughs) um, that part of this too is the authenticity of others and welcoming the fact that to use the word unique, right? That that or the the authentic difference that we each possess, that we each bring something uniquely different, authentically different and individual um, to the table. And so like with the fable, it's like, so what if that creature wasn't an elephant? What if it was this magical creature? And how much have we lost in our culture, in our society by trying to label things or ourselves? something other than what they actually are. We try to box them into a simplicity that they maybe don't possess. And I, Aquarius sort of blows the doors open and to that possibility of, it's sort of, you know, it's right before Pisces, which is imagination, but it's another aspect of yeah. that imagination.
3: And then trying trying North Node, and Gemini, that's all about open-mindedness, like, rename it relabel it recategorize it you know it's like uh, gemini is the ultimate flexibility and multiplicity so when you were talking about you know touching the leg or touching the trunk or whatever gemini like the idea of that that there is multiplicity i think is here too yeah
0: yeah and that will be i believe isn't that on the new moon on aquarius which happens to be chinese new year too on the Mm -hmm. 11th and the sun and the moon will be 23 degrees aquarius but uh looking here, um Venus and uh um Jupiter, thank you, are gonna be 12 degrees. And of course then the um so that's really our the two well they're no, not no that's right.
3: Yeah, Sue, but Jupiter conjunct mm. Jupiter conjunct uh, Venus at the new moon, that's all about renegotiating relationships. I mean <laughs> you're looking at them
0: differently. Thank you for, yes, expressing that. Uh-huh. That's right. It it really is. Uh, this is business of labeling, isn't it interesting? Because the nodes are in Gemini and Sag ruled by Mercury and Jupiter. Mm-hmm. And so the philosophy and the communication and essentially with Neptune squaring it, and not only Neptune, I think there's... Um, uh, who's next to Neptune right now? Mercury
3: is close.
0: Yes, reclaiming, mm-hmm. reclaiming everything. But listen
3: to this: at the words, new, at the new moon, it's not just not just Jupiter and Venus that are conjunct. Mercury is just three degrees from Jupiter. That means that means the rulers of the South and North Node are conjunct at that new moon. Talk about that. talk about mental integration. Like that's that's ultimately like the bringing the right and the left side together to be anatomical about it, but to be more metaphysical about it. It's whole mindedness.
0: Yeah. And I think you were also mentioning it opens up that communication beyond what we perceive. Oh, yeah. Thinking too that Aquarian is that intuitive self. Yeah. And intuitive perhaps we can think of it, I always think of it as that flash of lightning. So of course we see something and Rick Levine speaks of that often and then it's gone. <laughs> we we've seen it, right? Well.
4: Well, and I think I've mentioned this on the show before. There's It's this concept of, in science and higher math, they call it tacit knowing. And it's when you know something, but you don't know how. And so like in higher math, they use it where they have the solution, but they don't have the formula that gets them there. Right? Or in our own lives, Tara, you walk into a room and I recognize you. I couldn't tell you what it is specifically about you in that split second. I Recognize you. It's you. Just we just know, and um, those things. And it can be more metaphysical too. When we just this, just that knowing, and then you have to almost like backtrack into the cerebral logical, like how you got yeah. to that knowledge. I but think I do that's think what.
0: Yeah, Einstein. <laughs> yep. oh, well, I was going to say Einstein, and then we're going to go. But he actually <laughs> thought of his relativity like that, and it wasn't yeah. until they had the eclipse later. And, in fact, he also thought about the black hole, which we now know about. And I was reading, okay, we'll be right back, February 5th, with the Planet Buzz. That's Tara All, Leslie Francis, Dr. Laura Tad, and myself, Suros Minahan, Aquarius. See you in a minute. If we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Aquarius, ruled modernly by Uranus, and Saturn in traditional astrology by the ancients. By leaving a cycle based on governing structures through both man-made and universal laws, Aquarius breaks established patterns, permitting the energy of freedom, just as its ruling planet Uranus spins on its side and orbits backwards. As a fixed-air sign represented by the water-bearer pouring the spirit of cosmic energy, Aquarius seeks to find like-minded, intuitively aligned souls to connect in social groups for the elevation and improvement of all.
1: Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. While the show has gone live from Saturdays from 6 to 7 p.m., beginning March 7th, the show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. In addition to the schedule change, Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Hello,
4: astrologers. This is Carlos Galvan. I am a spirituality and astrology astrologer from Mexico. And you're listening to Talk Cosmos, an alternative talk, 1150 AM, where we understand how to implement our free will through the cosmos.
2: Alternative Talk 1150, talk radio for the body, mind, and soul.
0: Huh, what fun. I just love that new... <laughs> Hawaiian, it was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we have some other thoughts here. There was ones that will start just with whether we go anywhere with it or not. But Leslie, I know you brought up like that's a new moon with Saturn square. Uranus sets the table. It's the first mm-hmm. of three. And I know we've devoted a talk to it um, earlier in in great detail that was wonderful back in January but really I think it has importance to realize that this square is in Aquarius and so it is breaking up like islands of thought to regenerate you know, forward, because it ties in, and maybe we'll skip through, but just to bring that up, Tara, you had brought up this idea of the pants too small, that all of us <laughs> kind of laid it on. And it was like, you know, the sense. help me with the word. Authenticity. Yes. <laughs> can be almost forced on us if we don't read the signs, yeah. because we can get fixed, in, whether it's that square or not. Um, grand square. I'm talking,
3: about. I forgot about the pants. Yeah. I was like, cause me, <laughs> the way this energy feels, I mean, into my, so it could be different areas of our life, you know, it could be relationship or just the way you think about things or your job or whatever your habits, but whatever that thing is, that's like, that's become not a good fit. It's like pants that are like, not one size too small that you could kind of deal with, but like pants that are like three or four sizes too small. And there's just no way, you know, like you put them on and they're so uncomfortable so uncomfortable. I also had a note um, when we talked before about uh, collective consciousness and opening the door to collective memory. And I feel like Dr. Tad, I think maybe you were touching on that. And it super interests me, this idea of all that Aquarian energy opening up that that collective
4: doorway. Um, yeah. I mean, not anything in particular, just sort of that concept when you were, is, is this rather than everything new knowledge coming in it's collective memory of knowledge that we've possessed previously and that part of that liminality that we're in right now right which is like liminal space is a doorway right that's the translation of the german and so it's it's this space between where we get to the veil is thinner between the terrestrial world and the spiritual world or the terrestrial world and the Cosmic and the cosmos, and so stuff can bleed through more easily, mm-hmm. and that collective memory—that's um, not—it's a little different than collective unconscious because it's like it's yeah. made—it's collective consciousness instead yeah. of collective unconsciousness, and that with this, you know, I mean, I don't know, astrologers debate if a stellium is three or four planets, but seven, there's like there's no debate, <laughs> <laughs> about this yeah. being in a pretty serious stellium. And you know, so it's this opportunity to just access such forgotten knowledge that's sort of just almost waiting to be remembered.
2: Yeah, and and I would call it, uh, and I think that because we're talking about Sagittarius and Jupiter, uh, for me that's that's wisdom. That's you know, turning to uh, to you know whatever source of wisdom. Be it old or new, that that really speaks to you. And I, and and I wanted to just say we really haven't talked about how we think that this stellium in Aquarius is going to affect astrologers, since Aquarius is the sign and Uranus is mm. the planet most closely associated with astrologers. And so you know perhaps because um, I think that there's also the need to build. And I know Sue was talking about it about like-mindedness, about you know building community and and honoring and respecting all of those people who you know are kind of like floating down the stream on the same boat issue yes. and, and recognizing that we all have, as we are doing in this panel, sharing our ideas and thoughts and and really sort of pinging off of each other. This is very aquarian. so i I have to congratulate Sue for. For having the foresight to begin this on the Saturn Jupiter conjunction. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, before we go to that, I just want to mention, Leslie, well, this whole thing about re- remembering and Laura, what you were saying too is I, my note that I had was that we're all, I mean, this is always going on, but part of this is that we have this extra, I guess, doorway or portal into remembering what we really are. And so, and to me, uh, that definitely fits with. Uh, aquarius but also with jupiter and sagittarius because jupiter and sagittarius are back to the natural like what what we natural law and the nature of of what we are i have this image that always comes to me you know the the star card in the tarot is the aquarius card and one of my decks is uh the deva deck and in that deck it's got like um all these little like almost like little little uh magical sparkly little lines like from the person on the earth out to all the stars and the planets wow. and then in the little booklet which that's this booklet by the way doesn't give you much And in the beginning it says we leave this up for you you should you know make your own interpretations but what it does give is talks about that star card the aquarius energy meaning the exchange that we always have with the cosmos and that we can the giving and receiving and the balance and the realizing that those frequencies are open. So Leslie, when you and Laura were both talking and made me think about that card and about that, I think that's part of remembering what we are is, is our connection Mm -hmm. there and that they're not just out there, that there, there, there really is whatever you want to call it, these magical threads or, you know, whatever the wiring is, it's not separate.
2: Yeah, that's really interesting because you know it, what what popped into my mind, t- typical Aquarius, in this uh, when you were talking is this notion that the power that we seek actually comes down. It's not coming mm-hmm. in from outside us. It comes. Yeah. I don't know if I'm making any sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, mean, right. I really think that you know I've, I've, how many times have I said we're multi-frequency beings? Yeah. If we if we just knew that, and I think that this. Is a, a time when people are going to be uh, sort of inundated with stuff that doesn't make sense to them at all, right?
4: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I have two not really related thoughts connected to this, so we'll see how that works. <laughs> yeah.
0: But i curious, so who cares? <laughs> I'm, ready.
4: I'm ready. So one is this with the star card that you're talking about, Tara. In in during the rena- the European Renaissance, one of their theories as to why astrology works is that our souls fell through the planets on their way to being incarnated.
2: Oh, I like that.
4: And so that is this, like, we're tethered. We, like, have Jupiterian energy. We have Saturnian energy because our soul literally, like, traveled through the planet.
2: Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. Um, That feels, I don't know if I get it, but I feel that's true.
4: Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Thanks, Laura. Sure. Yeah, and the, thought I had around us as a community with astrologers that you were talking about, Leslie, is I think it's it's about the community of astrologers, too. And as a and I don't know, one of the things that came up in my research for my doctoral thesis, I interviewed six astrologers for my Mm -hmm. dissertation. And one of the themes that came up is that we can be our own worst enemies in terms of our community, that the Infighting or disagreement of which house system is the proper house system, or the various splinter how splintered the the cosmology is, understandably, can create a situation where we end up being our own worst enemies with astrology being accepted by larger groups of people, and that there's trauma then for astrologers around that of owning their authenticity, identifying as an astrologer when they fill out their taxes. Most of us don't, right? I don't. I'm a consultant. Me too. That's my legal profession. Yeah. Um, Oh, go ahead.
2: I just really think that, you know, uh, here's what I always say. You know, when your client shows up at your door, they don't ask you to explain house systems or, you know, what your approach is or where you're coming from uh, in terms of astrological terminology, they're showing up so that you can be there and be present for them. And I think that, you know, there's, it does bother me sometimes that there seems to be a lack of tolerance at times. Like, you know, in my mind, you know, see, this is how, this is, but this is how I live my life. I, I read energy. And when when I, I I don't care what kind of astrology you practice, I I care more about what kind of human you are. (laughs) Yes, I have
0: some, uh, this is all so gratefully um, heard from me. And when it comes to mind, really, as far as the astrology community suddenly I got a little brainstorm and that was as a, Hey, we've been dealing with 200 years of earth. Earth wants to put form to things. And if we have a communication that, um, there was so much that was put to earth, you know, the whole industrial revolution last 200 years. So that when it came to whether Belosky or Bolovsky or, you know, all these different Leo, uh, uh, Um, the various old astrologers and and that groups of people back in the late 1800s into the 1900s were really trying to find a structure that they could communicate, that would make sense, that would give some credibility and credence. And that got followed and is still getting followed there. And rightfully so, I'm not trying to, but there is a pendulum and there is like, uh, the middle and the far ends, right? On everything, <laughs> and so, in some ways, this idea that we have to compete with science that has gotten to that we need to declare and have research great to I, I love research and I'm for that, but there is a, another side. If we think of Gemini, Castor, and Pollux, the twins, you know, they went between Earth and spirit and the communication and finally got embedded together because one died castrate is mortal is going to die. And the other ones grief stricken and they're connected, but they're not one like Jason Hawley and that great Norwak, Um And for those people that don't know, that's Northwest uh, astrology conference. That's every year in Seattle now online. It's a wonderful event. Um, but in Jason Hawley is an astrologer, psychologist in Santa Fe. And he was explaining in this one particular uh, uh, lecture that the twins seek their own as a reflection to for like kind of like a, an Aquarian. They don't want to be the other, but they need that. Ref- they need that confirmation, that that response thing. So what I'm getting at in my wayward conversation here is that uh if we combining this idea of the laura you had mentioned about the um the soul card coming down just that kind of language it's like we are talking about energy and spirit hermetic code As above, so below. As and it actually starts as below, so above, and as without in as within the whole, all the six directions uh, are many directions, and so we need that kind of language. And I think the idea that the community gets together and instead of, well, very idealistically because it won't always be as we know, but instead of always focus about structure and terminologies and, yeah. and defined, which has its purpose. But yet also it's like people getting together just to chat around the campfire, really sharing this this new language of how to share their
4: experience. Sure, well yeah. then that's what I was like, rather than like seeing this stellium as an opportunity to break that cycle of compartmentalization within yeah. the field. And the authentic ways that eat, what we each authentically bring to the field has value and honoring that, and holding each other up for that. Cause that's what's, you know, it, it was from an energetic perspective too, then the energy builds yeah. and it has greater lasting, more lasting impact. Well, because there know, isn't this constriction to be protective of ourselves or the field.
2: So here's, and then, so that's so inspired, Laura. Thank you. Uh, because I think what it's asking us to do is not just honor our own authenticity, but in, by turn on with the authenticity of others. So that it's that, that that's how you, in my mind, that's how you create a community.
3: Yeah. I mean, in Aquarius to me, it's, it's, it's all about individuals having the guts to be themselves and then let that come together. And I was thinking this about this earlier today and I'm thinking about it again now that as we move into this 200 years of air and we're with all this Aquarius, for me, like when I'm working with clients or with my students or with myself, pretty much all I'm going for is more room. I'm literally, literally looking to make more room for more real me to show up. That's, and I feel like that's so much what Aquarius helps us do, right? It helps us open up that space so we can find ourselves in it. It's really quite simple. It doesn't have to be very complicated at all. It's just that most of us aren't used to operating in that space. And we're also, as humans, just like in conversations, we're used to always filling the space. So it takes, I mean, there, there, there is like this, Art to like actually allowing the space to be there to see what naturally fills it in. You know how it is, right? Like when you're with a friend, it feels weird if you don't say something, right? So everybody always like, imagine being on a date, like a first date. No one ever wants to be quiet. You just fill the space in. Well, we do that other ways in our lives too, not just talking. We fill our space in all the time. And then there's not room. Then it's the tight pants again, right? It's the kind of back to the same thing.
2: I love the tight pants because it really reminds me of the Capricorn energy that you know that, that you know you can go through life and create a structure in your life and then at some point maybe that structure is no longer useful yeah. to you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you have to step outside of what you know, which is what Aquarius is, is step outside what you know. Yep.
3: Yep. Even if it's uncomfortable. So, you know
2: and oh, it is. Don't
3: <laughs> you have to break with the new pants, you
0: know? <laughs> Yeah, fly that elephant that has wings and legs uh, like a tree. Why?
2: Cuz I I when I like Laura was talking about that I was thinking about a you know, group of astrologers and somehow, you know, sometimes some people are holding the leg and some astrologers are holding the trunk and oh. and and they they practice astrology in different ways and yet it's it there there's a link, there's an energy there that that binds us together and I and I and which, right.
4: yeah, which then begs the question that if there wasn't this my way is the right way mentality, what yeah. could it be? Yeah. What's the potentiality mm. yeah. that we're not even able, even able to like conceptualize yet?
0: Somehow it seems, yes. And again, it's bridging that. Spirit within the physicality. It's really like if we look at Uranus and Taurus, it's allowing that spirit that we incarnated from spirit, and that we and and as and I think earlier, like what is this body? You know, what is this amazing body that has fingers and talks and seems to know how to
2: save thoughts? <laughs> well, you know, again, you know, the human tendency to want to try to find one path to get a particular to a particular place instead of recognizing that there are many paths to get to to your spirituality, to your understanding of astrology. So uh all of the people who practice astrology or study astrology, we're all contributing to a whole. And it's I think, you know, with all these plans in Aquarius, perhaps we will come to to understand that. And because Saturn is there, respect it more. Mm-hmm.
3: Leslie, I also like my answer, part of my answer to your, at least in this moment, to your question about what does it mean for astrologers and astrology? Uh, we have to evolve. You know, I mean, I just really think that's simply like it's, it's, yeah, we, 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 even though there are things we can say, yeah, this is how it is, this is how I believe it is, like if we don't leave room to evolve, right, we are, we are moving ourselves to extinction. So this is the, and that, that's true for us just the same as anything else. It's really, it's, it's really a. and I've been thinking about this. Like, what does that mean in my own astrology? What? And so, for example, for me, like I explore the planets like in a, in a personal way with a personal technique, which I try to let them show themselves to me. And this is part of it because I realize there's always more, and I and I want to know what that more is. But I recognize that if I don't if i don't listen if i don't make space there will never be room for me to experience more and so maybe for us astrologers sometimes like i think someone already alluded to this maybe we'd be quiet and listen to each other a little bit more maybe we leave a little space to just see what might happen instead of immediately saying oh no no this planet rules that you know or <laughs> that that's what we all tend exactly. to do exactly i mean I'm i'm including myself in here i'm not you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no, glad.
0: of course. Yes, yeah. you are. You're speaking beautifully, and it reminds me again Uranus and Taurus listening. That's the one thing mm-hmm. I love this idea of the room and the space because that's yeah. internal and it really has to do with Neptune and Pisces. But going back on some of these ideas that we've talked about that are really great clues to feed into this is that collective doorway, the memory, the mm-hmm. collective memory pro, uh, possessed that. That it's a space between the liminal, the forgotten knowledge, and also to the extend the language beyond the labels that we know. To really work with this unknown. If we look at the chart as it is, we have Neptune in Pisces for still, what, six years? It's, it's yeah. a long transit, 13 years. And we have the nodes right now. And we're all evolutionary to some extent, you know, among other things, um, for soul growth. I should add to people that that's the purpose of evolutionary, but it's the language we're in the nodes of the
3: language,
0: yeah, and sharing opinions.
3: And back to what Leslie said, we're multi dimensional, and that okay. so, so Neptune and Pisces squaring the nodes reminds us you know, that there's all these realms, there's a whole multiverse, there's, there's, there's so much more than our little idea of, here's what life is, even if we have a big idea of what life is, there's always more.
2: Well, you know, and, and because Neptune squared the nodes, and, you know, Jupiter and Mercury, obviously, are the rulers of the nodes, Mm -hmm. for me, that was an opportunity to cross a threshold, like sometimes, you know, you really do need to get out of that, that, the, the part of your brain that just wants to continue spinning its wheels and just you know as you were talking about be in the space and I think that the, that that setup was an invitation to go there to you know to go to that world where everything isn't in, in feels misty and and it's not formulated at all because that is also happening as part of the this process, and one of the things I'm really loving about our conversations is, I think we're giving people an opportunity to see all of the patterns that are unfolding and trying to bring them together in some way that makes sense. And
3: and the spaciousness we're talking about—that's mind. If you look at the, the the Buddhist philosophy around this, the mind is luminous spaciousness. So part of this, especially with the North Node and South Node being in Sagittarius and Gemini, both having to do with parts of, of the mind, is recognizing that field, and that it is a field. It's not. It's not just a local thing in my head. See, yes. the, the more that we can all, the more that, that all of us can get on that frequency, man, things in the material world can really, really start to change. And with, with Aquarius, that can be accelerated, and especially with Uranus and Taurus physical manifestation can be accelerated.
4: Sorry, Sue. I all- well, no,
0: it's fine. I, I I see the clock. I do have, to, and I'll say a thought, but I want to say that next week is going to be cosmic collaboration for um, our listeners. And that tonight I am with Planet Buzz. And that would be with Leslie Francis down in the corner. Dr. Laura Tad up at the top. Laura uh, Tara All of Los Angeles below me. And I'm Sue Rose Minahan. And we're talking about aquarius and the stellium and i'm wanting to remember uh terry you had brought it up and we all and we loved it and we know it that on this new moon in aquarius which is really the pivotal it could be the first of three table setting um banquets that we're all going to be enjoying for this year <laughs> you know is this that Mercury in Aquarius is going to be square, oh, how, trining the North Node that it rules, and also so, and it's it's along with uh, Venus, and it, in other words, that because of their close proximity, there there's such a large conjunction of mutual energies that are all at this uh, banquet, having a big conversation that we're going to be living with, and the thing about Mercury. Yes, it had been brought up that it's um, a portal, but it is the luminary space that, Laura, you were mentioning, that it is always so close to the sun that either we see it uh, under the beams, as they're called, and you can't see it because the sun is shining so brightly in the night or morning, or else it gets out within, I think it's 28 degrees. Once it gets past 15 degrees, we can actually see Mercury either in the morning for a few hours or a little bit before sunrise set. But it is that uh, space between the light and the dark of dusk and dawn that really opens up so many possibilities of viewpoints and everything, the luminous, the portal. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And and Mercury is a bridge. It's a connector a connector so if you want to move between pretty much anything no keep talking we haven't Mercury is your planet and clearly at
2: this new moon that door is going to be wide open if you want it yeah that's what Jen said welcome to rewiring your whole life Yay! <laughs>
0: well, Laura and I, if is our final dispositors. Laura, we got to talk. <laughs> All of us, and we are more so. It's like amazing. Well, such a pleasure, and I'm so glad to have our audience. Do like us. Do subscribe. We'll make it simpler for you to do that. We're top Cosmos YouTube now, besides podcasts. So this is Planet Buzz, and we'll be back and we love you all that's from leslie laura tara and myself hey